0: The man in black had a chance to make a big impression. Here's why he didn't. Today I'm talking about Black and Patta. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. hello movie friends welcome to scott's off indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i am talking about black adam which is uh, i believe the most recent uh, dceu film um one that was uh probably is going to be best known as the movie that kind of like uh didn't perform as well as expected and then probably led to a lot of uh, higher ups at the dc branch of warner brothers entertainment getting fired so take make of that what you will so without further ado let's get started In an online media landscape, where every bit of DC Comics entertainment involves a firestorm, Black Adam is an oddity, because it kind of just happened. It came, it went, audiences and critics weren't terribly impressed, and then it ended up on HBO Max without much controversy or fanfare. There's a lot of reasons for this, including the general lack of enthusiasm for this particular character, The Rock oversaturating his brand the past few years and the sheer amount of real, i.e. Ezra Miller being an apparent menace to society, and imagined, see the Zack Snyder truthers on Twitter, drama that had nothing to do with the movie. Which is kind of amazing, not just because one of the biggest movie stars in the world made a superhero movie that got little to no attention, but also because it contains one of the best ideas I've seen the genre tackle in a long time before completely abandons it. Taking place in the fictional... Kingdom of Kandak, a group of Kandaki citizens are trying to acquire an important and powerful artifact, the Crown of Sabak, before a mercenary group known as Intergang can claim it for themselves. In the process of retrieving the crown, however, the group accidentally revives the nation's legendary defender, Black Adam, who quickly dispatches Intergang's forces, while also getting the attention of the Justice Society. Now fighting a war on two fronts, Black Adam must determine what kind of demigod he wants to be. And holy moly, is this movie a hodgepodge of ideas, tones, and action. And not in the fun, despite all of that it coalesces into a fascinating gumbo of a movie type of way. It's more like the mutant dessert I made by accident when I tried to cook candy bars into a traditional chocolate chip cookie recipe. Just messy, even if I like a lot of the individual elements. Set elements include a lot of the action scenes. The cast are all fantastic, even if underused, and I love the emphasis on the non-white population in a major motion uh, major uh, sorry major motion picture superhero movie. What am I saying? The main problem is that this film can't decide on a main theme or idea for more than 20 minutes. A lot of the movies that do this do this for the sake of a twist, or if you're in a time-loop kind of movie, like Run Lola Run. But this feels like a movie that is actively retconning itself over and over again, either to fit the action beats they already filmed, or prompt another over-the-top set piece. Which is a shame, because the film has a ton of great ideas, including one that could hit like a sack of bricks. To do so requires a handful of spoilers, so light spoilers ahead. There's been a lot of critiques, fair ones I believe, about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe portrays the Avengers and its other heroes as fully justified world police, looking at elements like how Captain America is portrayed as wrong for lying about what he knew about Bucky's past but not wrong for fighting his friend in civil war and operating as an unguided enforcer of rules, or how the Avengers frequently engage combatants in crowded areas because of imminent risk. To wit, Black Adam brushes up against a great critique of this idea by how the citizens of Kandak react to Black Adam versus how the Justice Society reacts. For the citizens of Kandak, Black Adam is a hero, someone they've told legends about who is enshrined in glory in their nation. They have a statue dedicated to him. And it is very clear that this country has been occupied by intergang soldiers for a long time now. So Black Adam is greeted with admiration and praise like a liberator, in spite of the fact that he kills his enemies. Thus, when the Justice Society show up and call him a monster, and say he's a villain, the citizens are rightly pissed. Not just because they're attacking a man who's been defending them for the past few days, but also because the Justice Society didn't seem to have a problem with Intergang, they just seemed to have a problem with Kandak having its own hero who isn't accountable to them or their morals. A Lot of heavy commentary possible here, especially if you use the Justice Society, whose logo at times has literally been stars and bars as a stand-in for America and other imperial powers. The notion that the Justice Society doesn't have room to judge conduct society, its citizens, or its hero is a strong idea that you could build the rest of the film around, with Black Adam having to learn what this responsibility means, and perhaps how to handle diplomacy with outside powers that disagree with his methods. Too bad the movie rejects this idea almost as quickly as it's introduced. Unfortunately, the movie doesn't sit with the idea that the Justice Society is wrong very long. Instead, the JS claps back almost immediately that the Kandaki people don't have the full story, and that Black Adam is actually an out-of-control entity that nearly destroyed their entire society and was imprisoned by the same wizards who gave him powers. Cue the sad trombone sound. All of the implications of this would irritate me, if not flat out piss me off, a lot more if the movie didn't reverse course or change the story about three more times before the film's end. It is super weird that the movie that is conceivably about a hero's origin revamps the origin about four times before the film's end. It screams of a script by committee. The real problem is that it strips Black Adam of any character or or motivation until the movie's final 20 minutes, which is a giant problem when his name is on the poster. Effective Superman stories don't spend a feature-length runtime trying to determine whether Superman is good or bad, or whether or not he has good intentions. At least, yeah, that's why Man of Steel isn't great. It's all about how the world reacts to him, and that's probably how Black Adam should have been played. But when you don't solidify the character at all, it's hard to pin anything like resembling intentions down, and removes any sort of charisma from the character. In essence, this movie is having an ongoing identity crisis throughout its runtime that robs it of any power. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.